Welcome to the Overflow Podcast. We pray you are encouraged by this message. For more info, notes, or other messages, visit our website at overflowdfw.com. In Daniel chapter 1, verse 18, now at the end of this, whenever they go, they, they do these 10 days, they serve Nebuchadnezzar for, for three years, it, being educated, being being indoctrinated, if you will. They weren't indoctrinated, but they were, it was, they were trying to program them, but they didn't defile themselves. And it says this, at the end of the time set before the king to bring them into his service, the chief official priest presented them to Nebuchadnezzar and the king talked with them and he found, look this, he found none equal to Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, which is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right? So they entered the king's service. He found no equal. They weren't serving his gods. They weren't abiding by their religion. Come on. They weren't following all the necessarily rules. They were being honorable. But they were not following, you know, these, these thousands of gods that they had. Come on. They weren't buying into the narratives. There was no equal. There was no one like them. And in every manner, get this, in every manner of wisdom and understanding about which the king questioned them, he found them, get this, 10 times better than all the magicians and enchanters in his whole kingdom. All these people that had an air of the supernatural he found that they had the true supernatural. So today we're going to talk about excellence, wisdom, and revelation. Everybody say excellence, wisdom, and revelation. So let's talk about the spirit of excellence. 10 times better. 10 times better. Beloved, did you know that if you carry the spirit of excellence, you should aim to be 10 times better than everybody else at work? If you work at McDonald's, it's hard to make that burger good. But if you're grilling it, it tastes 10 times better. Why? Because you're a person of excellence. You might be really terrible at it at the beginning, but you're committed to grow. Why? Because you carry and you possess a spirit of excellence. And listen, the church has been notorious for being lazy and getting things done halfway and then going to work and kind of putting in like six hours of work and then ministering to people the other two hours. How many of you know that's not a good ministry? God didn't call you there to preach. God called you there to be salt and light. And there will be doors for you to preach in. But understand that you, you want to treat the vehicle well. Come on. It says this in Daniel chapter 6. This is the testimony of him later. It says this about Daniel. Then this Daniel, this is the king speaking of him. This Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and the satraps because an excellent spirit was in him. Daniel was a man of excellence. He did things 10 times better than anyone else. He was sharp. Beloved, we don't bring the minimum of what needs to be done. Come on. We are not looking to do the, the we're not looking for the easy way. We're looking for the best way. Right? 
And sometimes people think the best way is the easy way. I'm telling you, at least at first it's not. But if you will learn wisdom and you will learn excellence, it will be easier for you, get this, it'll be easier for you to do the job better than it's hard for someone else to do mediocre. Does that make sense? I was kind of putting that thought together as I was saying it. So sometimes that happens. Sometimes the words come before the thoughts. Okay. Sometimes. Okay. Try to have it all planned out and then it happens. So we don't bring the minimum of what needs to be done. See, we bring the best to bring out the best wherever we function. So whether it be a terrible job, a terrible employee, let's just be frank, a terrible marriage. God put you there to make it better. God put you. He sprinkled you in the atmosphere. What does salt do? Salt makes it better. So God put you there to make it better. You say, oh, my job. Guess exactly. It is a terrible job. That's why you're there. You're there to make it a good job. You're there to make, it's a terrible company. It's an immoral company. Welcome to the kingdom of God. Operating inside of the kingdom of darkness. God placed you there to bring light. That's why you're there. You, don't you want to make a difference? And what we do is we go, oh, it's just so bad. It's just so oppressive. It's just so ugly. People are just so, it's so toxic. Maybe the thing that's toxic is your attitude. Maybe you need to say, you know what? God has called me. God is sovereign. And he has, and this is what we see with Daniel. All throughout the book of Daniel, they're like, listen, God's in charge of this thing. So we're going to serve God in the midst of all of it, as dark as it may be. And we see God prospers them. We see God uses them to turn the hearts of kings. So we bring our best to bring out the best where we function. Ecclesiastes 9.10. I've been reading Ecclesiastes. It's a little bit depressing at times, but it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a good book. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might, all of it. Well, I'm just not passionate. That's okay. Just do it with all your might. I'm not passionate about that. Are you a passionate person? Yeah, I'm. most people consider their self passionate. Well, I'm passionate about certain things. Just bring your passion. Lead your passion. For in the realm of the dead, where you're going, there is neither working nor planning nor knowledge or wisdom. In other words, work right now while you can. And bring the very best you can. See, as, as the redeemed community, as royal sons and daughters, we have superior standards. Now, we're not elitists. We don't have an attitude. We just have really high standards. So to bring influence, good enough is never good enough. That's good enough. I'm going to bring my best. Now, my best might look different than your best, but I'm going to bring my best because I'm not really doing it for you and I'm not really doing it for money. I'm doing it for God because everything I do, I do as unto the Lord. This is the spirit of excellence. See, excellence is not perfection. Excellence is posture. Are you tracking? Now, for me, I'm a little bit of a perfectionist. (laughs) Some of y'all are laughing. You're like, oh yeah, we know. (laughs) You don't have to tell us. (laughs) But excellence is not perfection. Excellence is a posture. Listen, God, God's excellence is perfection, right? So he gave us the very best in Jesus. Jesus is absolutely perfect. The only one that's ever been perfect. God gave his very best. And his, his, his excellence is perfection. Yours is not. 
But yours is posture. Yours is pointed towards the very best it can be. See, if you say, Pastor, what is your definition of excellence? This is my definition of excellence right here. Excellence is your best in progress. Excellence is your best in progress because your best today will be mediocre tomorrow. Why? Because you're getting better. And this is going to be at your job. This is going to be at your marriage. This is going to be the way that you minister to people. This is going to be the way that you preach. This is going to be the way that you work with kids. This is going to be the way that you raise kids. If you're a teacher, this is going to be the way that you instruct. You're going to continue to get better. But most people don't. Most people start out really strong and they hit a level and they just stay there. Heaven forbid, that's not excellence. It might be good, but it's not excellence. Because excellence is your best in progress and you're getting better. Come on, you're not going, you're not going from mediocrity to mediocrity. You're going from glory to glory. <laughs> and some of you just think, well, I just want to get to this point where it can just kind of run by itself and I can just sit around and be lazy. Listen, God has designed you for more than that. So when we talk about positions and promotions, we're not just declaring that thinking it's going to magically happen. No, we're saying, I'm going to bring the very best I can bring, and then that's going to happen. And this is what we see with Daniel and his friends. And some of us are like, well, none of that stuff really matters, man. It's all about bringing, it's all about bringing the, the wisdom of God. It's all about bringing the revelation. Love it. Love the revelation. Love the wisdom. We're going to spend some time talking about that. But if you don't have a spirit of excellence, you're not going to get in the door to share those things. This, the vehicle, listen, this is Daniel and his friends were set apart and it wasn't just because they were good law keepers. We're going to see this. So the, the, the median, I, I do graphic design. Many of y'all know this. I do graphic design. And one of the things I teach when I'm teaching on graphic design is this, the median is the message. The way that you do it preaches. It preaches. If you do it with a, a frown on your face, they're doing it for God, suffering for the Lord. <laughs> You're not. You're suffering for you. You want everybody to know how miserable you are so somebody will have pity on you. That's not saying that you're, gonna, you're, you're not going to have a perfect track record at this, but you can be better. See, excellence paved the way for Daniel and his friends to share the wisdom and the revelation that they have. So we, we talk about excellence. Excellence is the posture that we bring this thing called wisdom and revelation. You okay to shift gears? Ephesians chapter one. This is the... Wisdom and revelation prayer that Paul prays. If you prayed something three or four times a week, I, would, I hope that you pray seven days a week. But if you prayed, if you said, hey, what can I pray frequently? I would say, open up Ephesians chapter one, verse 17, and pray, pray the scriptures. You call it the apostolic prayers. This is what International House of Prayer calls it, Mike Bickle, that gang. He says this, I keep asking the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, that he may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Why? So that you can impress people. So you can have good traction on Facebook with your, with your, with your tweets or on Twitter with your tweets, where, where, however that works. No, no, no. So that you may know him better. The point of wisdom and revelation, the spirit of wisdom and revelation is to know who he is. And if you know who he is, then you can present him better. The true Jesus. See, some people are trying to present... Some people are trying to present a Jesus that they don't know. People are talking about a Jesus they don't know. 
People have, a, have a, an agenda, so they plug Jesus in. Well, Jesus would do this in this way. Do you, do you even know Jesus? No. <laughs> you need to pray this. Know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. Here's a revelation. In order that you may know to the, the hope of which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the holy people and his incomparable great power for us who believe. I mean, this is deep stuff. Incomparable power to those who believe that that power is the same in the same as the mighty strength. So he's praying, listen, strengthen your inner man. How? By knowing who Jesus is through wisdom and revelation. So Uriah and I are, we, we got a bunch of work done at our house. And, and so we've been doing little projects and stuff around the house. So I had some nuts and bolts and I was actually repairing or not really repairing, just doing some work on our lawnmower because our, our, my, my older son, Judah, has been mowing the lawn and it's got this like weird thing with the handle. So I was putting some nuts and bolts on there. And so Uriah's like, what can I do? Like he comes out and he's like, what can I do? And I was like, hey, I was like, I don't have anything to do. I was like, hey, could you do me a favor? I was like, could you put this bolt on uh, this nut on this bolt? Like, can you just, I just need you to screw it on there for me. And I handed him a nut and a bolt. And of course he, he, he was like, he's like for money. <laughs> that's what he said. I was like, I was like, no, not for money. It's better than money. You're going to learn how to do something. That's better than money. And so uh, we don't work for money. And so y'all been using that against me. And so what, what happened is, is I gave him a, a, a bolt and a, and a nut. And he lost the nut, of course. And he's like, I, I lost it. I was like, oh, good luck finding that in the grass. And so, but I was thinking, I told him, I was like, listen, nuts need bolts and bolts need nuts. The bolt doesn't do any good without a nut. Right. And so wisdom and revelation are the nuts and bolts of the knowledge of God. You got to have both. <laughs> Come on. Listen, we have a lot of nuts in charismatic circles, right? <laughs> we have revelation nuts, right? If all you have is revelation, you're just going to be nutty, right? And some people are just like, oh, I have so much revelation. I'm, I'm nutty, right? But you need bolts, right? Which would be like wisdom. And wisdom, wisdom is, is solid. But if it doesn't have revelation, it's disconnected, and what we have is we have a lot of solid people, and typically, a lot of men are like bolts, right? But if we're not careful, all we'll have is wisdom. I just have all the wisdom, and I have all the knowledge, and I'm applying the knowledge. Oh, yeah, but you're disconnected. And so you need some revelation to get connected. You need to be some, to some people that are revelation-minded, and you people that are revelation-minded, it's all, you're just nutty, right? Come on, you need to anchor yourself to some people that have some wisdom. And I would suggest this, we all need to grow in wisdom and revelation. Are you okay? Can y'all say that? Wisdom and revelation. So they, they work together. You don't want to have one without the other. All right? So what happens with Daniel in Daniel chapter two, as we move into chapter two, is, is they, serve, they, they serve under the king and now they're actually like in relationship with the king. They've been in a relationship with all the other, you know, the, the hierarchy and here they are. Well, the king has this dream in Daniel chapter two and it says this, that he's deeply troubled by the dream. I'm not gonna read it all, it's a, a lot of reading. 
and he's bothered, he's troubled, he can't sleep. And so he does what he normally does is he calls all his wise people. Now understand when he calls his wise people, he's calling all the pagans, right? All the, all these people that serve these other gods, he's bringing in people from the occult. He's bringing in, uh, you know, people that are practicing witchcraft. He's bringing in sorcerers. He's bringing in magicians. He's bringing in uh, people that are in, into astrology and all this kind of stuff. He's bringing them in, but they were considered wise men. And so what he does is he brings them all in. Now, Daniel and his friends were actually at this point, because they had served their three years, considered among the wise. So they're in with this mix of people. And so the king comes and he calls them all together. And he says, listen, and you can read about this in Daniel 2. He says, I had a dream, it's disturbing me, and I want you to tell me, tell me the interpretation of the dream, but not just the interpretation of the dream, I want you to tell me what the dream is. <laughs> I want supernatural wisdom, is really what he's asking for. I don't want to just know the interpretation, I want you to tell me the dream. And he's like, if you can't tell me the dream and the interpretation... He's not giving them any clues. He says, I'm going to cut you into pieces and destroy your homes. <laughs> no big deal, right? I mean, this, this guy's crazy. And so, I mean, what an what a evil dictator, right? What a wicked man to do this. And so then he issues a decree. And it says this, that Daniel, they were like, we can't do that. Nobody can do that. No man can do that. That's absolutely impossible. This is what they said. This is impossible. It's not going to happen. And he's like, you're just trying to buy time. He gets all frustrated. It says this in verse 12. This made the king so angry and furious that he ordered the execution of all the wise men of Babylon. So the decree was issued and put out for the wise men to be put to death. And men were sent to look for Daniel and his friends. Don't forget about Daniel and his friends. I know they've been serving well, but you need to find those jokers too. They need to die. Unless they can tell me the, the dream and the interpretation. So Daniel's like, what are we going to do? And so he goes to his, his friends. He said, he, said, oh, he, he, he tells all the, all the officials, he's like, don't let them do that. He said, I'm going to go. He said, I'm, I'm going I'm to find out what the dream is. I'm going to ask God. God knows what the dream is. I'm going to ask God what the dream is. And I'm going to ask God what the interpretation is. And I'll be right back and I'll have it. So tell that to Nebuchadnezzar. All right. So they go, and he's not arrogant about it. He's, you, you, you can watch the thread of, of Daniel's language. He's saying, oh, king, oh, majestic one, king of kings. He, I mean, he's using like some pretty like lavishing language on this wicked king. Pay attention. And it says this in verse 19, during the night, he, he goes at night and he starts praying. During the night, the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision. Then Daniel praised the God of heaven and said, praise be to the name of God forever and ever. Wisdom and power are his. He changes times and seasons. He disposes, disposes kings and raises up others. He gives wisdom to the wise. Here it is. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. He reveals deep and hidden things. Woo! Come on. He knows what lies in darkness and light dwells with them. I thank you and praise you, God of my ancestors. You've given me wisdom and power. You've made known to me what we asked of you. And you have made known to us the dream of the king. So, so Daniel went to Arioch, which is the guy he's been talking to, the official. And he says, whom the, whom the king had appointed to execute the wise men of Babylon. And he said to him, do not execute the wise men of Babylon. Take me to the king. This is risky. 
take me to the king and I will interpret the dream for him. And so he takes him before the king and he says, hey, I found a man among the exiles of Judah who can tell the king what his dream means. The king asked Daniel, are you able to tell me what I saw in my dream and interpret it? And Daniel replied, no wise man, enchanter, magician, or diviner, or diviner, can explain to the king the mystery he has asked us about. But there is a God in heaven who reveals mystery. And I have a connection with him. And so what I did last night, oh king, is I went to God and I asked him to reveal to me what you dreamed about. And God showed me what you saw. And he, he goes into this dream. And what it is, is that the dream is a, a statue. We have a picture of it, or not a actual picture, but kind of what we think it would look like. And he says, it's, it's, a, it's got a head of gold and it's got chest and arms of silver. And in, in the middle of his, his body is, is, and his thighs is, is bronze. And then down at his feet is iron mixed with clay. And so there's, Daniel gives an interpretation. You know, we're not really in a, in a seminar of the end times or a seminar of dreams. We're really talk, focusing on this thing of, of honor. But basically what Daniel's saying is like, listen, these, the interpretation is these are all the different kingdoms that are going to be passing. And he actually tells the king, he says, oh, king, the head of gold is you. You're glorious. Now, he hasn't been that way. But this is what happens in the dream. He sees this glorious statue. I'm sure Nebuchadnezzar is like, oh yeah. But the thing that troubles him about the dream is what happened next. In the dream, he says that, let me read it. Verse 34. Do we have that? Verse 34. Verse 34. While you were watching, a rock was cut out, but not by human hands. Come on. It struck the statue on its feet and iron and clay and smashed them. Verse 35. Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver, and the gold were all broken into pieces and became like chaff on a threshing floor in the summer. The wind swept them away without leaving a trace, but the rock that struck the statue became a huge mountain and filled the whole earth. So get this. This is a statue. It's glorious. It represents all these things. Wow. And then this rock, cut out of a mountain, not by human hands, come on, smashes, obliterates all this whole entire, turns it into dust. And then when the rock lands, it becomes this mountain that covers the whole earth. (laughs) Come on. And then he gives them the interpretation. It's one kingdom is going to go to the next kingdom. You can do your research on this and all these things have happened. He's talking about Persia, which we talked about with Esther, goes through all these different kingdoms. And then we see this final kingdom come and destroy all kingdoms that all kingdoms must bow to, that all kingdoms will crumble under. And he's, listen, he is telling the king this, your kingdom is going down with all the following kingdoms. Now that's a difficult thing to say. But why didn't the king kill him for saying that? Because Daniel had earned his respect because he told him what the dream was. And he says this in verse 44 about this stone. He says, in the time, those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed, nor will it be left to another people. It will crush all those kingdoms and bring them to an end and itself will endure 
forever. Come on, how many of you know when Jesus came, Jesus said, this will be the final kingdom. I will, I will not just be the king of kings. I will have the kingdom of all kingdoms. And eventually it will cover the whole earth. And all other kingdoms will be insignificant. So Daniel brings this to the king. And I want to talk about two things that Daniel uses as he's talking about this. First of all, he uses wisdom. Again, pay attention to posture. It says this in verse 14, Daniel spoke to him with wisdom and tact. Good thing, because he would have killed Daniel. He used wisdom and tact. Are you tracking? He asks for more time. He uses respectful language. He asked for prayer from his friends. Come on, that's some wisdom right there. Beloved, we've got to be wise in these dark times. You going out and just being loud, being reactive to everything is not going to help you and it's not going to help the kingdom of God. But it's the truth. But you know that truth is only, only does any good if it's presented properly. I mean, you know, it's a double-edged sword. The Lord revealed this to me one time. I was like, but it's the truth. And we just need to preach the truth all the time. Preach the truth, preach the truth. That's why scripture tells us to preach the truth in love. Because the thing is, is that sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, which can absolutely bring life. It's a double-edged sword. And you got to be careful when you use the sword. Because you don't want to kill people. You don't want to bring destruction. You want to use it for heart surgery. And it's hard to do heart surgery with a sword. <laughs> Unless you're super skilled. I mean, that's excellent. <laughs> Daniel says, your majesty, you're the king of kings. The God of heaven has given you dominion and power and mighty and glory. Sounds like he's talking to God almost. Be wise and be winsome. Everybody say winsome. Wisdom is winsome. And some of you aren't winsome. You're not, you're not trying to win anybody to the Lord. You're, just, you're, you're more interested in self-expression. Listen, we live in the age of self-expression. Selfies all the time. Look at my life. Look at my opinion. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. No, nobody's being winsome. What we'll do is we'll get, on, we'll get on social media and we'll be loud about issues. And they're... There are some issues you need to be loud about. I'm not saying that you don't ever need to be loud about anything. But if you're loud about everything, nobody's going to listen to you. Let me just tell you, you've got you've to have a little bit of wisdom and you've got to have a little bit of tact if you're going to persuade people. And God has called you to persuade people. Every person needs to be persuaded to the truth. I once was. And I am continually being persuaded to the truth. Wisdom is winsome. Ecclesiastes 10.10, 10, I love this verse. Using a dull axe requires great strength. So sharpen the blade. That's the value of wisdom. It helps you succeed. Some of you just need to sharpen your wisdom. You need to sharpen your axe because you're going around with a dull axe and you're, you're not doing any good. You're not doing any good. You're working really hard. You're being really loud, but you're not very persuasive. Why? Because you're not winsome. Because you have no tact. You're just loud. It's exhausting. I don't know about anybody else, but I am exhausted. 
from so many loud people. I'm like, who, who are you to be so loud? You know what, you know what loud is that's not sharp? Annoying. And annoying people don't make a difference. Let me help you. How can you grow in wisdom? Number one, be understanding. Be understanding. Understanding can, can mean this. When we talk about the spirit of understanding, it means that you don't just know that it works. You, you know why it works. You know how it works. That's what understanding is. But with people, it means that you can stand under. You can step a mile in that. You can walk a mile in their shoes. And we need to be more understanding with people. Well, how, how, do, you, how do you become more understanding? You ask questions. That's how you be more understanding. And so sometimes people get in these debates and you know what? They don't ask any questions. They just state quote unquote facts that one article said that another article disputed. <laughs> oh, read this article. Well, let me show you another article because the price is exactly the same, same thing. Well, who wrote the article? Let's start there. <laughs> right? This is some of the tension that we have right now in our world. But just be understanding because you're dealing with people, not data. So be understanding. Job 32.8, I love these, some of these verses. But the spirit in a person, the breath of the Almighty that gives him understanding. It's the spirit in a person, the breath of God in you that gives you understanding. And it's not just the understanding of how people are feeling, but also you will have some understanding of why things work the way that they work. But we are, we are so, so symptom-focused. Come on. We're going to have to have some understanding if we're wanting to get to roots. And you're going to have to ask some questions. If you want to connect with people, you're going to have to ask them questions. Don't just give them answers. They've already got answers. They've got Google. They can get any answer they want. They might not get the right answer, but they'll get the answer they want. And that's the problem in our culture is we don't want the right answer. We want, we want the answer we want. We don't want the truth. We want affirmation. That's a scary place to be. Dang, getting heavy. But get this. You want spiritual understanding? Ask God. I mean, God's been stirring some stuff in me this week that I'm, I'm not prepared to share yet, but soon. And it all is like, all starts with a question. Number two is this, or B, whatever. If, you do out, if you're pro it out, you're probably better than I am, all that. Don't be reactive. We need to live in response, not in reaction. Look, listen, look beyond the urgency of the moment. Look beyond the urgency of the moment. Slow down. You don't have to react right now. And we, listen, we have notifications blowing up on our phones. We feel like everything is urgent. I've got to answer now. I've got to say now. I've got to do this now. Now, now, everything is, listen, we've got to get away from urgency if we want to be wise. Look beyond the urgency of the moment. You all must be quick to listen. James 1.19. Slow to speak and slow to get angry. Well, I'm just so mad. Yep. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. So are you mad about something that God's not mad about? Listen, I only want to be mad about what God's mad about. 
And there are things that God is mad about. Absolutely, there are things that God is mad about. I want to make sure that I'm on God's anger chart <laughs> in the sense uh, that I'm with him. I, I want to be, be mad about what God's not mad about, not just what annoys Josh. Because there are a lot of things that annoy me, you know? Like when someone gives me a term of endearment, like calls me baby, oh, sweetie pot, do I look sweet to you? I guess I do, because people keep telling me that. I'm just, it's just so annoying. But that's not something God's mad about. That's something that, I, that I'm annoyed by, that I need to deal with. And the Holy Ghost is trying to help me. It keeps going there. Like, <laughs> I'll show you how sweet I am. Right? I mean, that's, I look sweet to you. No. Okay. Um, okay. Help me, Holy Ghost. All right. I'm working. Excellence is progress, right? Okay, my best in progress. You just saw my worst. Okay, see, probably not my worst, but pretty bad. All right, don't be quick to take a side. Because we have social media, because we have news in front of us 24-7, what happens? We go, oh, this is what I think. Well, hold up. You saw what happened through one person's lens. You saw one angle of the story. This is what Proverbs says about the book that we would call wisdom. The first to speak in a court sounds right until the cross-examination begins. So I, 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 I'm just learning that I'm not going to react to anything when it, when it happens at first. I, wanna, I want the full story because I don't want to be a fool and react to everything. See, being calculated builds credibility. Being calculated brings credibility. And we've just got to slow down and use our brain, and use some wisdom, and not be so emotional about everything. And some of you aren't emotional like that you react, but you have a passive-aggressive emotion that you use. The, the next one is this, don't die on every hill. I mean, some hills are worth dying on. Absolutely. There are hills worth dying on, but some of you died on a hill that was so small that you're never able to get onto the hill that you need to be on to speak up for. So don't die on every hill. Some hills are worth dying on. Absolutely. But don't die on all of them. Because if you die on, if you die, once you die, you're dead. <laughs> Make the main thing, the main thing. The gospel and Jesus being the way, I'm going to die on that hill. The Bible being the final authority, I'm going to die on that hill. I'm going to die on that hill. The next one is this, get timing right. Know the right time to say the right thing. And some of you are saying the right thing at the wrong time. You just said the wrong thing. <laughs> the wrong thing, the right thing at the wrong time is the wrong thing to say at that moment. So get your timing right. Breathe. You don't have to say it right now. Wisdom. How many want to grow in wisdom? I want to grow in wisdom. I, I think I am. It's hard because, <laughs> man, I, I'm, I'm definitely a revelation-driven guy. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, woo, come on. I'm, I'm emotional, <laughs> not that you've noticed. I mean, it's pretty obvious what I'm feeling at the moment at all times. And I don't really like that because I'm not able to hide it. But I, but I need to anchor myself to wisdom. I need to grow in that. The next is this, is revelation. This is the part where we're all like, oh, yeah. 
Holy Ghost. By praying in the Spirit. Revelation. Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds. 117. All kinds of, of visions and dreams. Daniel had a revelation. Re, my, my friend Ben Cunningham explains revelation like this. He says, you don't know it, but I'm not wearing socks. But now you know it. Because you can see it's been revealed, right? I actually am wearing socks. They're just really little. Because I want my feet all stanky. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. Revelation. Something you didn't know, you didn't care to know, but now you know. You have the revelation. There you go. But this is the thing. The revelation and the ultimate revelation of Daniel's vision was not the picture of that statue. The point of the revelation was Jesus Christ, not crafted by human hands, being thrown in to every idol, to every kingdom, to every king that ever rises up against him. He is the one who comes and demolishes everything. Everything is subject to him. His reign will know no end. His reign will cover the whole earth. This was the revelation that Daniel had. This is the point of it all. The revelation of Jesus so when Paul says that, he's not saying, listen, pray for the spirit of wisdom and revelation so you can impress people. No, no, no. Pray that you may know him. The point of revelation is not for you to just feel oozy and woo. It's going to do that. I mean, every time I get revelation, I'm like chilling up. I'm like, whoa, so good. But the point is that the exhilaration that I'm feeling or a moment that I might share of it on Sunday. The, the point of it all is that I might know him. We all want to know who he is, not just so we can be wowed, but so that we can extend his reality to the world that we are in. Listen, don't expect, because most of us, this is how we ask for revelation. Lord, I just need to know who you are. I just need to know. That's a good prayer to pray. But if it ends there, it's pointless. His revelation is meant to go through you. Don't expect to get revelation if it ends with you. So what's, what's going to happen? Listen, if you will be led by the Holy Ghost when you work, your job, your arenas, the areas you're serving in, the, the, the troubles in your marriage, if you will be led by the Holy Ghost, I believe God will reveal to you answers that you can't get in a book, that you, that you can't get through counseling, that you can only get by being connected to the Holy Ghost. Now, sometimes the Lord will use the Holy Ghost and another person to show you things, and you better be open to that. If you're so prideful that it has to be your revelation all the time, you aren't going to get one. I've, I've gotten more revelation by listening to someone and it's sowing a seed in me and that revelation grows. I get what they said. I can't tell you multiple times sitting in a sermon, somebody's preaching something and I'm like, man, that's really good. And then it becomes this big thing. It was just a seed. It was a good seed, but the word of God's always a seed and it always grows. It's always glory to glory. So whether you're sitting in a message or listening to a podcast or whatever, it's going to grow. But get this, you need, to, you need to start, when you get frustrated at work, let me tell you, 
because because you're at a roadblock or you're create you're a creative person like me. My pastor, I think I've shared this before. My pastor came by my office. He knew I did design work when we were in El Paso. Buster Russell, the pastor. He's like he walks by my office just like this. I'm on my computer working, doing something for for student ministry. He walks by like this, and then he comes back, and he peeks his head in my office, and he goes. He goes, Josh, if you're ever struggling creativity, creatively for some of your clients and people that you're working for, he said, just pray in the Holy Ghost. You know what? I do that all the time. I'm like, man, I don't know what to do. I just pray in the Spirit. Guess what happens? Creativity stirred. Why? It's just revelation. God's revealing things to me that I didn't know were there. It might be creative. It might be solutions. It might, it might be answers, all those kind of things. Just Holy Ghost. Listen, you, listen to me. Well, you don't know how how hard it is, Pastor. It's dark at work. It's they're all sinners. Yeah, I know. That's why you're there. You're there to bring the fragrance. If you honor them, if you reveal the kindness of God, He's going to give you opportunity to to be spirit led in a carnal environment. The best place for light to shine is in the darkness. You can go outside with a flashlight during daytime. It don't make a difference. So how do we grow in Revelation? Let me give you four quick things and we're going to pray. Number one, you encounter the Lord. <laughs> Some of you want God to reveal things to you, but you don't want him. <laughs> and I know that that sounds funny, but for men, this is really an issue a lot of times. Not always, but a lot of men struggle with this because we want to know all the stuff, but we don't really want to be intimate with Jesus because that sounds weird to us. I'm not wired that way. I'm not emotional. Well, beloved, you better learn. Come on. You, if you want to get connected to his heart, you got to understand that God's emotional. <laughs> you, know what I, you know what I've learned to do over the last five or six years? I've learned to weep. You can ask my wife. I love it. Because this is like, man, when I, when, I, when I get up in all my feels, like it's, it's like good. It's not weakness. It's something I've had to, had to learn to do. I had to grow into it. I'll, I'll cry before the most, the most manly man that I know was Larry Brown, my dad. And my dad will weep, man. And that, when I was a young man, that always inspired me. I was like, maybe one day I can cry. Because there were, listen, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll tell you right now, I've been serving the Lord for almost 30 years. For the first 20 years, I didn't cry that much. But I'm learning to. And as I do that, I'm, I'm, I'm learning to access a part of God's heart that I wasn't able to access before. So I'm just encountering the Lord in a different way. I don't want to encounter the Lord in my way. I want to encounter him in his way. And sometimes it looks like tears. Sometimes it looks like anger and violence. <laughs> it does. <laughs> and it better not be carnal. better be his anger. The second is this. Spend time with the Lord. Spend time with the Lord. Oh, I just want a revelation. You're, not, you're probably not going to get it just by listening to a podcast. That may fuel revelation. Just get before the Lord. Have a time where you just sit down and just say, Lord, I want to know who you are. And just sit there 
Because, man, I, even me sometimes, like, I'm pretty committed to my, to my devotional time with the Lord. And sometimes it's like, boom, I get in that place, and I got my coffee, and I got my Bible, and it's boom, go, let's, let's read. Come on, Lord, what are you saying? I got my little list praying through. Oh, yeah, Lord, I know all the things. And lately, what I've been doing is just taking like five minutes before I do any of that, and I just kind of walk out in the grass, and I just kind of walk around in the grass for a few minutes with nothing, no Bible, nothing. Just go, okay, God, just kind of calibrating my heart, just spending time with the Lord. Because we can even get in the Word and get disconnected from His heart sometimes. So spend time with the Lord. Number three is that meditate on the Lord. Read the Word of God, listen to the Word of God, dig into it topically, find a topic that you find interested in and just start digging into it, and you watch God will, will take your revelation and go glory to glory to glory with it. And then this is the fourth is this, is steward the revelation you have. And you know how you steward the revelation? You talk about it. You share it with somebody. And so Daniel shared the things that God was showing him. And Daniel's promoted. We, we, we see later in uh, chapter 2, verse 46 through 49, that, that Nebuchadnezzar promotes these guys to where they're like over the whole kingdom. <laughs> because they stewarded the revelation that God gave them.